Thank you so much. Let's all pray. Lord, as we prepare our hearts, Lord, for Christmas, for your coming, Lord, as we remember your coming, Lord, help us also to prepare ourselves for your future second coming. Lord, as we know you are coming as you promised to be with us, Lord. Let our hearts be excited about these days. Let them be filled with joy and happiness. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, sister. I have to remember she's French. Uh, This morning, I want to honor Sister Debbie. Sister Debbie is uh, the uh, co-pastor of New Life and she received this week her official papers. There you are. You're official now. I am official. Papers were only for Milledgeville. Now those—that's why Heather's teasing that those are for the whole world. Yes, <laughs> she can preach anywhere in the whole world now. All right. Hallelujah. <laughs> I guess it's y'all's turn. I don't know what in, in what order you're going to do this.
in my darkness, pour over me your holiness, for you are holy. Breath of Praise the Lord. Believe it or not, this is $120 worth of soap and toothpaste. And that's going to the state prison to go to help those men that don't have, that don't have the uh, ability to buy what they might need. We want to, at this time of the year, at least make sure that they can wash their bodies and brush their teeth. Amen? I'm going to read the book of Luke, second chapter, beginning at the 25th verse. It says, Behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, 
And this, this man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Spirit was upon him. And it had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord and his, the Lord's Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple, and when the parents brought the child Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, he took him up in his arms and he blessed God and said, Lord, now you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word, for I have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the, f- the face of all people, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at those things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said to Mary his mother, Behold, the child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. Yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul that the thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. John Simmons tells about a Christmas play which included the story of Mary and Joseph. And one of the young boys wanted desperately to play Joseph. But he was not picked. Instead, he was chosen to be the keeper of the inn. He was very bitter about that, very upset. So he began to plot how he would mess up this play to make his friend, who had become Joseph, look bad. So that night at the play, when Mary and Joseph walked across the stage and knocked on the door of the inn, the innkeeper opened the door and gruffly said, How can I help you? And they said, We'd like to have a room. Great! Come on in. I'll give you the best room in the house, he said. (laughs) The little boy playing Joseph thought for a minute, knew that wasn't in the script. Stuck his head inside, looked around, left, right, up, down, said, Come on, wife, no one, no wife like mine is going to stay in a crummy joint like this. Let's go to the barn. <laughs> but isn't that the way life is? It doesn't ever go the way we plan. Like the play, things get messed up. I spoke to Danny last night for a minute and he said I didn't think I'd be in the hospital for Christmas, but there you go. Christmas is not always in a way that everything falls together. Sometimes things just don't work out. Sometimes things are messed up. Sometimes things that we have planned for don't take place. In fact, there will be a lot of kids... And a lot of people that won't get what they expected for Christmas. And so Christmas to them will probably just be like the old old song goes. Crystal?
It may be hard to uh, to believe that some churches in America are actually going to have blue Christmas ceremonies this year. They will actually gather together and sing melancholy songs. Their tables and cloths in the church will be uh, blue. The whole group will come together and basically complain about how bad things are. Some people are actually going to experience uh, a divorce this year. Or maybe, as Danny, a sickness. Or perhaps just things not working out. Family and friends may move away. Some people may even lose their jobs. But either way, what it will be is it will not be what they planned it to be. It will be a blue Christmas instead of a white Christmas. Elvis's song is interesting, to say the least. In our scripture that we have seen this morning, Simeon, who was asking the Lord for help, asking the Lord for blessings, seemed to be getting a blue Christmas. <clears throat> He says these words, he said, This child is destined to cause the rise and falling of many. He said, This child is a sign that will be spoken again. He said, The the hearts of many will be revealed because of this child. And he told Mary, A sword will pierce your soul. Can you imagine your own son standing, I mean, you standing there watching your own son go through what Jesus went through? That horrible death? That terrible beating. That's what Jesus would bring to the world. We all think of it as a baby being born in a manger and everything is wonderful. The angels are singing and it's all beautiful. But in reality, it wasn't really a jolly, holly Christmas. In fact, one lady, Diane Hendricks, says that Christmas is a story of a young girl having a child 
with a man that's not her husband, not her with a child that is not her husband's. It's a story of a child born in an old, dirty stall. A, ch- a story of children being killed by a king who thought the- this child a rival. It's a story of a child who was sent into the world to bring peace, but instead was killed. It's a story of the light coming in darkness, and it would seem it was snuffed out. It's a story of God's never-ending, self-giving mercy, which was rejected by those who were given it. The first Christmas was a blue Christmas. It was a Christmas where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. I don't know about you, but if you travel very often, how would you like to have had a a plan or a travel plan and then when you get there, they say, we've lost your reservation. (laughs) There's just no place for you to stay. Surely Joseph and Mary were experiencing a blue Christmas. It was a dark day and a dark moment. But Christmas isn't about singing melancholy songs. It isn't about dead branches being on the communion table. It's not about singing funeral dirges or sad hymns. But it's really, it's an exciting time. It's a time of joy, a time of of rejoicing. Yes, people are going to die at Christmas. People are going to move away, get divorced, get sick, lose their jobs. Some are going to have their homes repossessed. We watched Scrooge yesterday here with the kids and it was amazing, but Ebenezer Scrooge was actually sending out the notices for uh, repossessing homes on Christmas Day. I mean, it was fun to him. Some people are going to lose. Some people are going to have tragedies. Things are not going to go the way they planned. But the point of all that is, is that Jesus was born and He came for a reason. And that is that no matter what we face, we don't face it alone. Jesus is with us. He walks with us. And he's in the middle of that silent night. A few years ago at the Ridgeway Elementary School in Wisconsin, they decided to have a winter program instead of a Christmas program. And they didn't want to sing Silent Night, so they changed it to Cold in the Night. We got our phones turned off yet? Here's one of the lyrics of the song. It says, Cold in the night, no one in sight, winter winds whirl and bite. How I wish I were happy and warm, safe with my family, out of this old storm. Isn't that a cheerful lyric? Isn't that wonderful? You know, that's what happens when you take Jesus out of the silent night. (laughs) You don't get any hope. You don't get any joy. You don't get any peace. You don't get any salvation. You just get a depressing life. A blue Christmas. When the angel told Zechariah that he was to be the father of John the Baptist, he was told not to be afraid. Why would God tell us not to be afraid? Because it doesn't matter how blue our Christmas is. He's with us and there's nothing to be afraid of. 
When the angel visited Joseph, he told him, said, don't be afraid. It's okay. The child that Mary is having is alright. When the angel visited Mary, those same four words, do not be afraid, were told to her. Don't be afraid. And when the angels appeared to the shepherds, they told them, don't be afraid. In the middle of a blue Christmas, the word from God is, do not be afraid. Doesn't matter what's happening. It doesn't matter how unpleasant it is. It doesn't matter how, unfrust- how frustrating or how uh, much of a problem it, m- it might be or things that you might be going through. Like Simeon, you can say this. The light has come. The revelation has been revealed. And the glory of God is here among us. When Christmas comes and after the 15 minutes of rough, r- running through the packages, isn't it amazing how they can open those packages so fast? I mean, it takes for hours and days to get all this stuff together and in 10 minutes, oops, it's all over with. When all of that is done and when all of that is over, let us remind ourselves that the real gift of Christmas stays with us all the time. It wasn't in a package and it wasn't in wrapping paper. But it came to give us good things. When I watched that movie yesterday, I thought to myself, as Scrooge walked out of his house, I think they said something like, dressed in his finest. That kind of hit me. He wanted the whole world to know that he was happy. He wanted the whole world to know that he was grateful. He wanted the whole world to know that he was excited about a new day. And how did he do that? He put on his best clothes. And out into the street he went. With his best hat and his best clothes. Hey, I even got my watch on today. Why? Because I want to do the same thing. I want to give to the world and let the world know that I'm happy. Happy about all the things that God has already done. I don't need a thing. I don't need any presents. I don't need any soap or toothpaste. I have no need of food for the needy. I'm not in a rack. What do you need? I'm not going to have a blue Christmas. But even if I did, I wouldn't worry about it. And I wouldn't be afraid of it. Because you see, the color blue in the Scripture is mentioned many times. And it's always used to show forth the fabric of the temple. It was the fabric of the high priest. He was actually required to wear it when he performed all of his duties inside the house of the Lord. Day after day, you could go into the temple and you can actually tell which one was him because he was the man that had the blue on. And I think that the reason that God used that was because He wanted us to understand that someday Jesus would become our high priest. 
And as our high priest, he would wear blue. And it's not just a color. Isaiah 53 and 4 says these words. Surely He has borne our griefs, carried our sorrows, yet we did esteem Him stricken and smitten of God. Let me tell you what blue means to me when I see it. It means that Jesus is willing to take whatever problems I have and carry them. He's willing to be there with me and go through whatever difficulty that I'm going through. Jesus reaches into my life and into yours and He takes out all the blue. And He gives us back the blessings of God. I don't know what your year is going to be like. I don't know what your Christmas is planning to be like. But if you keep remembering that Jesus is here to walk with you and help you, and to take away all the blues, and to remember not what you didn't get or what you didn't have, but all the things you do have, your blue Christmas will go away. And you'll have a wonderful and joyous season. And you can give and share that joy with everyone else. As we prepare these gifts to go to the inmates down there, would you pray with me right now for them? Lord, I pray that every man that brushes his teeth, every man that bathes his body in these soap, will receive the joy of the Lord the blessing of God, that Your Holy Spirit will rest upon the toothpaste and the soap, that in the smallest and insignificant way that it represents something to take care of our bodies, You will make it big, Lord, by Your presence in it, by Your coming to meet those men. As they wash their bodies, let them not just be washed away from dirt, but let their sins be washed away, Lord. Let their bitterness and hatred be washed away. As they brush their teeth, Lord, let them not just get clean teeth, but let it go down inside and clean the inner man. And let them, Lord, become new people. Let all their blues be taken away, Lord, and be replaced by the joy of God. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.